Welcome to the Wait Park Church Sermon Podcast, a ministry of Wait Park Church in Northeast Minneapolis. We do everything we do because we believe life with Jesus is better. If you like what you hear, we'd love to have you swing by and join us for worship. We meet on Sundays at 10 a.m. and have other groups and ministries on various days of the week. You can learn more by going to waitparkchurch.org. So our reading today is going to be on page 419 in your pew Bibles. This is Psalm 119, 1 through 16. So I'll give folks a second to find that. Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can those who are young keep their way pure? By living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. Well, I've been really excited to be able to do these testimonies this summer. Has it been good for you too? Have you, have you liked them? Well, that was not very enthusiastic. Okay. <laughs> I guess we're never doing this again. Uh, it's just been, been awesome for me to be able to hear your, uh, hear your testimonies and to see what God is doing in the, in the life of our church. And uh, we have another one today, and actually this is, our, this is our last one for the summer. It's not our last one because we're going to continue to do them. They may not take the whole uh, sermon time like they have been over the course of this summer, and maybe we'll do it again next summer because I know that you all have a story to tell, but we'll at least tell them in, in smaller ways uh, throughout the year as well, especially as they relate to what we're talking about on that Sunday morning. Well, we're going to do one this morning that many of you, uh, with someone that many of you know, but I know there are a lot of people here who don't know him either. Um, I came to this church in, in 2010, and I, I had been an assistant pastor in Cedar Rapids, Iowa for about 13 years, and I just sensed the Lord telling me it was time to, to lead a church. And <clears throat> so I talked to my district superintendent, and in the Wesleyan Church, district superintendents are ones that, uh, you know, one of their duties is to help uh, churches find pastors and pastors find churches. And so they're kind of matchmakers in that sense. And so when I went to him, I told him I was ready to, uh, to take and, and lead a church, uh, there was a church in Sioux Falls that I was interested in and actually had started to interview, and, and he told me about Wait Park, and, and I had agreed to do an interview, and so he said, all right, I'll pass your information on to their search committee. 
And not long after that, I got an email that started out with the words, grace and peace to you from the great state of Minnesota. (laughs) And I thought, what in the world is this all about? Who talks like this way? And, uh, and, and, you know, he had said, you know, we'd love to interview you. We've got a search committee and, and all of that. And, of course, it was, it was Mark Kindy. And, and those of you who know Mark know that this is the way he talks. But I had never heard anyone talk that way except the Apostle Paul. And, uh, <laughs> and so I was like, who is this guy? And I was like, is this for real? And uh, that was kind of my first, my first thought. And uh, so I started interviewing with the church and talking with Mark a little bit more. And then you guys decided that, uh, to hire me. And uh, so I got to know Mark a little bit more. And that answered my question, yes, he is for real. Mark is for real. And, uh, and, and Mark is, is like, I think like no one I've ever met before. And one of the primary reasons for that is because Mark loves scripture. In fact, he loves scripture so much that he even speaks like scripture. <laughs> and uh, and if, you, uh, if you get to know him at all, then you will know that that's true. And so I'm going to ask Mark to come up here. And uh, we're going to let Mark share his testimony like we have been. And do you have, oh, you've got a hymnal and a Bible. I thought you had like multiple Bibles with you. Like a bunch of different, let's get you wired up here. We should have done this before service, but this will work fine. So just hook that around the bat over your ears like that. There you go. No, yeah, these right here. I think that should hook right around there like that. That should work. We'll turn it on. Thanks, Pastor. All right, you should be live now. Cool. Okay, so Mark, uh, actually, why don't you hook it around the back here? Okay. You can move that around your shoulder. So it's not bothering you or anything. There you go. Perfect. In my pocket? Sure. Either way. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for agreeing to do this, Mark. I'm excited about it. Thank you. Um, For those people who don't know you, why don't you tell us a little about yourself and, uh, you know, your family and what you do for a living and kind of what's going on with you. Thanks. So I'm Mark and married to Sharon. And uh, this summer, we celebrated 40 years wow. of marriage. And so, very thankful. Nice. Great blessing. Yeah. Well done. And the, the Lord has given us three children, mm-hmm. Sarah and married to Joe. And they, we celebrated them as they moved to Texas mm-hmm. earlier this summer. Yeah. Uh, Stephen, married to Adrian, and they moved to Texas a year ago. Mm-hmm. And our youngest daughter, Leah, who's here. This is her Sunday off work. She works okay. at... <clears throat> one of the local nursing homes, yeah. and uh, so every other Sunday she worships with us, and Leah lives with us at home. Yeah. And we have six grandchildren, mm-hmm. so we are very thankful and blessed for, by that. Yeah, absolutely. Now, you have a long history at Waite Park, and so I want you to talk uh, a minute about that history. How did your family become a part of Waite Park Church? Thanks. So... In maybe 1950 or 51, my grandparents, who had been part of the were supporting the war effort and were working at uh, a couple of different industries in Chicago, moved back to Minnesota. They'd grown up in the Wisconsin-Minnesota area. Their relatives were all here, so they, it was time for them to move back. And they moved into northeast Minneapolis, just over on Arthur Street. <clears throat> they moved in on a Saturday, and at 8 o'clock the next morning the man who owned the home, who rented it to them, 
was knocking on their back door saying, come to church with me. And he worshiped here. This was your grandparents, right? Yeah, yeah, my grandparents. grandparents. And your yep. dad. So yep. my dad was in going into ninth grade, um, ninth, tenth grade, skipped a grade, so going into tenth grade. And uh, early that Sunday morning, they had not had plans except maybe to unpack and get settled. And maybe watch a church live stream or something. If that hadn't been invented yet. No. But the, the, the neighbor stood there until, until they said yes. Yeah. So he said, yeah, you're coming with me. I'll, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. You go, go get ready. And so he brought my grandparents and my dad. And my dad was the eldest of three, three boys. And so the three boys came with. And so, uh, Okay, so let me interrupt you. So think about that for a minute, all right? A guy goes and knocks on the door, invites them to church, uh, to, to this church. Now think about how many kindies have come through this church and been a part of this church and had a significant impact on this church, all as a result of that one invitation, invitation. of your of your grandfather. Yeah. Which is pretty awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. That's, Sorry. That's, keep no, go, keep going. Great, <laughs> no, great, great, great way to frame it up. And so I think, yeah, that, that power of the invitation and that uh, <laughs> gentle persistence to <laughs> stay there until they said yes. And then, and the church welcomed them in. Um, and, and they kept coming back. And yeah, became fully a part of it. Those of you who remember my grandmother, um, she uh, was a formidable cook and uh, um, also uh, spoke. She stopped speaking when she laid down to sleep. And uh, <laughs> she, was, uh, she was an awesome presence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. So did, did we cover that? All, all of the years that you've been here? Yeah. So then... Yeah. Um, uh, Dad and Mom got married in 1958, and they went to it. There was a se- small seminary in Kentucky. I mean, mm, I, I I maybe you've heard of that. Yeah, some starts with an A. Yeah, it does. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. 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 Recent revival there. So I was actually I was I was born while they were in seminary. Okay. And I think maybe perhaps you have a similar story. You and mm-hmm. and I, I might know a, someone who was you have born a firstborn. Where is also, she? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. For those of you who don't know, that's my daughter that was up here. Uh, She was actually born there as well. Yeah. Central Baptist Hospital or where are you? In in Lexington, Kentucky. Lexington, Kentucky. That's right. Yep. So um, then my folks went from Asbury to the headquarters of the Wesleyan Church, then in Marion, Indiana. And they'd started, they'd been praying even before, while they were dating, praying about being involved in missions. And so they started the application process early in the early 60s. And I think in 1964, the Wesleyan Church said, um, we want to send you as missionaries to Puerto Rico. And my parents were excited about this idea of being sent to Puerto Rico. On a Friday, they said, yes, we'll go. And in their testimony, my brother and I don't remember this, but they had the most miserable weekend of their lives. And they were completely at unrest and not at peace at all. They went back Monday morning and said to the mission board, we cannot go. And at that time, when, when you said something like that, basically you were, you were taking yourself off the list. Mm-hmm. Um, you were not going to be considered really as a prime mission candidate. Mm-hmm. And, and they knew that, and they were told that, and they said, we, we, we can't go. We, we, 
the, the Lord has closed the door in their hearts. And so, again, we, my brother and I learned this story as we, as we grew up about what had happened. Um, two years later, the, there was a small Bible college that had started in West Africa. And the, the lead um, missionary who had started that was coming back to the States to serve as a professor at Houghton College in Western New York. And they wondered if my dad would be willing to go to the, this Bible college as a teacher and, and principal. And mom and dad prayed it through. And um, my mom, in her devotions, had told the Lord growing up that she'd go anywhere except Africa. <laughs> um, she she didn't, didn't and doesn't like snakes. And she was sure that Africa would be filled with snakes and she was not interested, and and the Lord um, softened her heart. And mom and dad said yes. They, my my sister had just been born in February of that year, so in August of that year, Mark who turned seven, my brother five, and a baby of six months went to Sierra Leone, West Africa. So we were the the second family that Wait Park had sent. Um, in the mid-50s, Waite Park had sent I Irene Zobrist and... Let me help you with your microphone yeah. here. You're starting to who'd creep up there. Married to Oswald, and they were serving in, in Benin um, and then later in Nigeria. Mm -hmm. But uh, um, so we were the second mission family sent by Waite Park. Yeah. Well, not only were you missionaries for Waite Park, but your dad also pastored the church for yeah. a few years. Too. So after three terms of service, the um, Waite Park sent, and you, many of you have heard the name Fr Franny O'Dell, one of the longtime members of the church, sent Franny to uh, Sierra Leone on a, uh, a mission trip. Um, it was a mission trip, but in the spring of 1977, and we were going to, our term was ending that summer, but they asked, uh, sent her with the question if would he be willing to have his name considered, kind of like the church did with Pastor Corey mm -hmm. coming, yeah. um, to come and serve as pastor. Yeah. And so it was a little scary because dad, this was dad's home church. I mean, the people knew him. They knew him as an adolescent. <laughs> they knew him as a collegian. <laughs> they, knew him, they knew him. And for him to come as pastor was a little scary. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would be scared to go back to my home church. <laughs> Except it doesn't exist anymore. So yeah. Anyway, okay. So you have a. So you have, let's. I think it's pretty well established. You have a long history here, right? Yeah. Um, now let's skip ahead, because one of the things uh, anyone who knows you knows that you are one of the most encouraging people that they will ever meet. Um, even when, even when you disagree, and actually we've had some times over the course of my 13 years here where we've disagreed about things or, or I've gotten an email from you or you've called me trying to correct me about <laughs> this or that and, and, uh, and, and rightfully so, I think that needs to happen in a, in a healthy church. Uh, but Mark has always been very gracious about how he does it. He chooses his words very carefully because even when he does that, even when he corrects people, and I suspect that this happens in your family as well, um, that he always makes sure that the words that he uses are ones that are intended to build up rather than to tear down. Okay? He, doesn't, he doesn't do it to just... Um, 
to make people angry. He doesn't do it just to get his way, but, but he does it because he has the, the genuine best interests of the church and the kingdom of God in mind. And, and so, you know, I love that you're able to and, and, and willing to be able to say, hey, I think this is something that's not right. Let's talk about it. And to do so in a, a gracious and, and humble way. Now, you've been a believer for a very long time, and I think that um, when we think about something like that or character traits like that, we assume that that's just like a personality trait. That's something that has just always been the case with you. That's just Mark's personality. That's just who he is. But you told me that that's not the case, is it? Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, thank you. Um, So the blessing of growing up with parents who are Christians is that I heard early on about what it meant to, to know Jesus, to have him forgive my sin. And it was at a, uh, using child evangelism fellowship materials and a VBS, a vacation Bible school, that be, just before I went to Africa, that I asked Jesus to forgive my sin. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew that I was going to heaven, whatever, as a seven-year-old, mm-hmm. heaven was. Right. Um, I knew my mom and dad were going to be there. And Jesus was going to be there, so kind of thing, it was all good, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so then I started out as I grew up through elementary school, and we were, we went every three years, we'd come back to the States for a year, and then we'd go back to Africa for three years. And so some of those years I was homeschooled, some of the years I was at a mission boarding school. And, um, and those were... Uh, tremendous years of both homeschool teaching but being at boarding school and when I was in eighth grade uh, my house father spent a year really focusing his devotions and preaching on we who were in junior high seventh eighth and ninth grade and there were um, probably 10 or 12 of us in in that so it's a small group yeah right and, and he taught about the, the fr- as if he was looking into my life. Yeah, when you're in boarding school, <laughs> you do look into people's lives. And, and he, I think, could detect the frustration of my trying to live a Christian life in my own power and in my own strength. And the discouragement and frustration when I would fail. And one of the things that, that I had was a... Um, what I thought was a wonderful gift of sarcasm. And, and it, I destroyed people. I destroyed my, my classmates. Um, and it, some cried on the spot, <laughs> others cried elsewhere. And, and it, my, my house father told me about what it meant to have Jesus as Lord of my life and to have his Holy Spirit fill me and flow through me. And my eighth grade teacher, um, an overweight lady, tough anywhere, but really tough in the tropics, um, Miss Van Dusen, looked me in the eye and said, Mark, for a young man, I'm in eighth grade, for my voice is just starting to change. I'd, I'd grown to my height now, so, right, so I was a little bit taller than her. 
she sat me down. Mark, for a young man who testifies to loving Jesus and to wanting his Holy Spirit to fill you and flow through you, it doesn't match with how your tongue is behaving. And he can change it. Um, you, you've got to let him. You've got, you've got to say, yes, I want, I want a different tongue. Yeah. I want to do different things. I want my tongue to, to serve Oops. and to glorify and to, to help yeah. instead of to um, eviscerate, instead yeah. of to cause mayhem. Yeah. So, the, so the catalyst for change for you was you had someone who was willing to sit down with you and yeah. to gently and lovingly correct you. Yeah, bo- both my house father, Uncle Gareth. Uncle Gareth, a former Marine. <laughs> I tell you what, he, uh, his, his counsel, when he, when he was discipling the junior high kids, he said, if I tell you to dig a hole, I want you to say, how deep? <laughs> you know, start digging. Right. Yeah, that kind of... So he, he brought some of his marine tendencies to boarding school, which, <laughs> which is why my brother ended up not making it longer at boarding school. When my brother got to 10th grade, yeah. um, my brother and Uncle Gareth had a real uh, difference of opinions. My brother ended up being a colonel in the army, right? right? So um, it, was, it was good for him also, yeah. but they ended up, my, my brother went home and, and my parents homeschooled him yeah. for the rest of his high school. Yeah. So there's that catalyst for change, but then there has to be like follow-up, right? Yeah. There has to be a, a consistent uh, long-term effort in yeah. order for change to happen. So can you tell us a little bit more about like the ongoing change process for you? Yeah. So the, the psalm that, that you read this morning was just, I mean, that was one of the instrumental pieces. Um, the, my house father challenged me to start memorizing. So in eighth, I mean, I'd learned mem- Bible verses for contests in Sunday school, right? To, uh, but they, they hadn't become really part of me. And so I started to learn what, what the meditate piece was as an eighth grader or ninth grader, and then growing on up, taking apart a piece of scripture and thinking deeply on it and letting the, asking the Holy Spirit to apply it. Mm-hmm. And so part of what the, the discipline that it we, I learned was this idea of premeditated obedience that I'm going to, I'm coming in saying, I want to obey and now teach me and, and show me. And, and so it's, it's been that practice. I think when you were talking about communion with us this morning, that, that ritual, but really that discipline, that practice of doing it, that is, and I still, I'm hungry to keep growing yeah. and learning yeah. and yeah. Yeah, and so you have, and so you have daily habits. Um, even even today, now that you're you know fully formed and perfect, right? You still have those. <laughs> <laughs> Not um, yeah. So so anyway, you still so you still uh, have daily habits. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about that soul, soul training that you do regularly? Sure. Um, so I, I I tend to be a, a morning person. Um, but more by nature, yeah. right? And I haven't called, I love the early mornings. Yeah. And so the, the best time of day for me to hear the word is early morning. And so as much as is possible, I like to start 
the day. Uh, sometimes it's before the family's up. Sometimes the family's getting up um, with a time in the word. And so often I'll start with uh, using the hymnal as um, sometimes I sing them. Sometimes I just read the, the hymn. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and actually one of the interesting things, I mean, as I immerse myself and this last night, middle of the night, and I wasn't, I don't remember having a bad dream, but I woke up to rock of ages, cleft for me, let me hide myself in thee. I have no, I, I was awake for a minute or two, which is a, a record, usually I'm away, I fall, but, and then when I got up this morning, I, it was still in my head, rock of ages. Yeah. You know, that, I, we, I, we didn't really plan on talking about that, but that's, one of, that's the powerful thing about music, isn't it? We were uh, at, at Joe and Emily's yeah. last night. They had a dance, and there was a song that came on that was a, that when Ann and I were in high school. It was from high school, <laughs> and we probably hadn't heard it since then, but we sang it together, right, and knew all the words. Well, not every one of them, but, but almost all of the words because there's something about music that yeah. just sticks it with hooks. you, which That's is exactly. why, you know, when we sing here or when you call, um, recall songs that were significant for you when, you know, when there was a lot of spiritual growth happening in your yeah. life, uh, you can remember those, and I think the Lord oftentimes just bring those, brings those back to us yeah. uh, when we need them. Yeah. So part of that soul training then for me is the starting in the word and opening my, um, asking the Holy Spirit to again teach me and mold me and, uh, and that I want to be obedient to what he shows me in the word that day. Um, I've been using this week, um, the, I start with uh, uh, the guide that um, you and the pastoral team prepared. Yeah, for the fa- fasting. Yeah. For the fasting. One of the things that I haven't been that's newer for me is to, to write my prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I write other things. I'll yeah. write the thoughts or responses to scripture, yeah. but to, and it's been good this week for me to, in that s- section at the bottom, to write my, my prayer yeah. out. And, uh, and that's been powerful. Yeah. Now, you know, you do have a prayer journal though, right? I do. Yeah. And do you bring it up with you? I did. Okay. Yeah. So tell, tell us about that. And, and how many of those do you have? <laughs> well, so I, they just go sequentially, and so and I've ended up keeping most of them. So I I have yeah, a fair number. They go, they go back a few years. They do, yeah. yeah. Um, so in this one, so I use this for our small group. I'm in a small group with Abby and Andrew and Molly and and Brian Belkisa, and um, and so I have my small group notes and our prayer requests from our group as well as we go on. But um, on this one in my prayer journal, and this, this goes back to the first of this year. So we were praying for Martha, and I have an amen next to that. And for... Amen means answered prayer. Answered prayer, yeah. For Ben and Kirsty and the baby, then I didn't know the name. It's Eli, yeah. And I have an amen. I have a... Um, Jesse, we've been praying for Jesse, Sharon and I. Um, Gary, mm-hmm. uh, Al and I have been prayer partners for a number of years, and I have Al. Um, Jean White um, was diagnosed with cancer, and an amen. And um, Caleb and Michelle and Josiah mm-hmm. from missionaries. Missionaries, yeah. yeah. 
And so uh, broader at the top, I have, you know, I'm praying for our neighbors for salvation. We have family members. And then specifically, um, our sister Helen Batchelder, Helen's husband, Noel, and her two granddaughters, uh, Kirsty and Kayla. And, um, and so for, for specific, and then I have missionary requests. So added to that this year, I added uh, Tim and Laura Stanley um, as from our church body. Yeah. So it's, it's really hard to forget when you write it down and you keep going back to it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and you're just continually interceding. Yeah. So pretty good chance Mark has prayed for you. <laughs> Do you ever feel like not doing it? Yeah. There are times, I'm, I know, when I've been very tired um, or sick, when I, when I haven't, um, or just discouraged um, when maybe I haven't felt like it I guess the my my experience with feelings is that feelings can be wonderful um, but Mark just don't trust them buddy because yeah. <laughs> they'll they'll come and go and so I think the the discipline the practice of of praying when I don't feel like it, yeah. of reading the word, when I don't feel like it, yeah. and um, or when the pressure's on. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, so this spring, you'd asked me a little bit about it, this in, in May, um, some of you have been praying with me about that, I, I got sent home from work, and, um, and, some false accusations made and um, so actually I'm still um, praying that through. I'm still not back at full-time work yet but I opened the word and the Lord in his humor um, first was Philippians 1.27 and, and Paul's writing to the Philippians and he says whatever happens Conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I said, well, it's not exactly. <laughs> you know, I, I wanted this to be made right and to be said, called back and, and maybe even apologized to. And, and Jesus reminded me, Mark, whatever happens, you conduct yourself in a manner worthy. And then he pointed me to James. And uh, the first couple of verses, two and three and four, um, persevere so that your faith can mature and you grow up. And I'm thinking, I don't want to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, finally in Second Timothy, um, Paul writes to us in chapter three, um, yeah, don't be surprised yeah. when hard times come when there's persecution yeah. when people disagree with you yeah. yeah it's not a shock yeah yeah all right so if you were to give someone advice about developing christian character what would you say to them maybe it's obvious by now but <laughs> yeah well i think um i think go, go to the word and um and then start memorizing mm -hmm. and i think with it doesn't 
a hymnal is, is great, but it, there are a lot of song books. And so immersing myself, you know, what I hear, and you put it to music, and like you said, it sticks. Mm -hmm. You know, the songs come back. And, uh, and Martin Luther did that, right? Mm -hmm. He used the Mighty Fortress is Our God mm -hmm. was a bar tune, and people knew it. And so he, he just put great words to it. Yeah. And, uh, and people learned theology. The, the Wesleys did that mm -hmm. with uh, the songs that they wrote. And they used tunes that people knew, Familiar people tunes. could sing. Yeah. And um, so I'd say, so read it, um, memorize it, uh, and then put myself under, under teaching. Yeah. Um, so participating with the body and being accountable. Yeah. Um, and, and listening. So the other piece, and so as a dad and grandpa, um, what I want to model then for my children and grandchildren is living that out. And I was thinking back to one of the, those of you who knew my dad when my dad was younger, remember that um, he had a problem with his temper. And one of the things that, so I knew that he would come to me and asked for forgiveness after he had lost his temper, after he'd said words harshly. And I saw that he'd gone to mom when he had done that to my mom. Mm -hmm. So I saw that lived out. But what I learned later was that he went to, as a missionary, to Sierra Leonean leaders, colleagues, people who worked for him. And when he had lost his temper, when he had done wrong, he asked for forgiveness. And we had Sierra Leonean leaders come to us and say, Mark, we've never, it's difficult, it's difficult anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. to, to ask for forgiveness, mm -hmm. to apologize, to say I, I was wrong. And in, in the Sierra Leonean experience, Church leaders had, they said never. I mean, epidemiologists try not to use the word never, but <laughs> we, they had never had a missionary come and ask for forgiveness. Yeah. And that made an indelible impression. Mm -hmm. here, was a, here was a believer wanting to, to practice and live it out. Yeah. And so I think that, that practice of modeling mm -hmm. for others is yeah. part of that answer. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right, so um, we're going to wrap this up here. Um, one of the things that I hope that you see here is that Christian character is not a personality trait. Yeah. It's not something that you're born with. Uh, it's, it becomes a part of you, but it's a, it's a partnership really between the Holy Spirit and, and allowing the Holy Spirit to convict and encourage Amen. and teach and work. Amen. But you have to submit to that process as well. And so, you know, I've had people go, man, I, I just wish that I had faith like Mark Kindy. Well, you know how you do it? He just explained it. You can say, I want to have faith like so-and-so. And, you know, of course, obviously our, our exemplar is Jesus. But it's always good to have people in our lives that we can point to, that we can see uh, in a tangible way, especially people who, who can testify like Mark. Like, I didn't use, I didn't, I wasn't always this way. Um, it was a long process of God working through me to change me. I'm not the hero of my story, right? But I can testify that, yeah. that God 
can do a work in you Amen. and can change you into, yeah. into what he cre- created you to be if yeah. you submit yourself to that process. Yeah. And there's consistency and, um, and all of that that has to happen. The reason we talk about soul training is because it works. Yeah, amen. Right? So submit yourself to that process. Now, um, over the years, Mark has been such a great example in this church for how to be a godly role model. Okay? Now, that process for us is coming to an end because Mark is going to be moving. He's going to be joining his family down in Texas yeah. as soon as you can get your house sold. Yeah. Right? And, uh, you know, all your family except for you and Leah are down there, right? Yeah. yeah. And so whenever the house sells... Uh, you're heading down there too. And that's going to be difficult for us. Um, And, uh, you know, the the Kindy family has been a very important, and you can, since 1950, whatever. Yeah, 50 or 51, 1950s, yeah, Yeah. they've been a part of this congregation. But also through the years, God has raised other people up in the church as well. And has shaped their character as well, and have formed them yeah. to uh, to also be models, the, the models of, of godly lives within the church. And what I want you to take from Mark's testimony today is that you might not right now see yourself as one of those people, one of those people who are a foundation, an example for other people within the church. But I will tell you this: is that it can happen. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it must happen. Mm-hmm. And that's the nature of the church. The church continues on generation after generation after generation. You know, there was going to be a time 50 years down the road when Mark is no longer on this planet, right? right. Yep. <laughs> Where it was going to happen anyway. Um, but God always raises up new people Amen. To, uh, to grow in character and to be the exemplars for, for those who are in the church. And that can be you. If you're willing to acknowledge the presence of the Holy Spirit and submit yourself to the process of growing Christian character. And so we just continue to pray that we would have a whole church full of you that are submitting to that process. That God would be growing us um, into a church full of little Jesuses and maybe even little Mark Kindies. (laughs) (laughs) Little Jesuses would be great. Little Jesuses. Lord, we thank you so much for your word, and we thank you for Mark and for his testimony and for the years of service that the the whole Kindy family, uh, the amazing blessing that they have been to this church. And and I pray for your blessing on them as they are uh, sort of off on this new part of their lives, this new uh, journey that they're on. And uh, I just continue to pray for Mark and for the rest of the family that, that they would be examples to whatever new church they find down there, that mm-hmm. they're able to have that same sort of impact and, and influence on the people that they are here. Mm-hmm. And I pray that you would be, like you've promised you would, be raising up people in our church to me. grow in godly character, to become leaders, to be those models of, in a practical way, what it means to be like Christ. Yeah. So we just pray that you would be growing us into maturity. And uh, that we would always remember that it's not by our strength, it's not by anything that we do, uh, but it's through you, it's through your word, it's through staying connected to, uh, it's about abiding in you. 
Um, and as you do that, we pray that you would grow us up into the church that you created us to be. Mm-hmm. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Pastor. You've been listening to the Wake Park Church Sermon Podcast from Wake Park Church in Northeast Minneapolis. We hope this week's sermon helped you learn to know and love Jesus more and serve Him in your unique place in the world. If you have feedback or questions, get in touch with us by emailing podcast at wakeparkchurch.org.